Thanks for joining us at our Foothills Church podcast. We exist to help people find and follow Jesus. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you at foothills.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Foothills, Happy New Year. How we doing? Good, good. And I hope you had an awesome Christmas uh, this week. Me and my family went up to Tennessee, uh, to the Nashville area to catch up with family. And I just got to say, like, coming in this morning, it is good to be home. It is good to worship with you today. Can we say thanks to the worship team? That was incredible, incredible worship. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for this corner of South Carolina that God's blessed us with to be able to live here. But I'm grateful to call you family. I'm, I'm grateful for this church family. And so every time we go back up to Tennessee, um, we're reminded when we come back just how special this place is. And there's some things we miss, you know, some relationships, some of the food spots, our favorite food spots that we would eat at. We miss some of that. But there's something I do not miss at all about living in Nashville. Like, I don't miss it at all. And that is hours and hours wasted sitting in traffic. I do not miss... The traffic. If you've lived in a bigger city, you are with me. You know what I'm talking about. And sometimes I have to go back to be reminded like just how bad it is. A few weeks ago, I heard somebody at the office, they were talking about running to maybe get Christmas gifts for the kids. They were like, man, it's tra traffic's so bad out there right now. And, and hearing them say that about here, it kind of is the same feeling I used to get when we had a newborn uh, when Katie and I had a newborn, we were in that newborn phase where, you know, you're not sleeping at night. You're terrified that you're not going to be able to keep this human alive. And you're, you're just trying to like relate with a friend and talk with them. And they want to relate with you. So they tell you about how hard their life is taking care of their dog, Baxter. You, you know what I'm talking about? Listen, like, don't get me wrong. I love dogs. I, we got a dog. I'm absolutely a dog person. But taking care of a dog and, and a small human are two totally different things. As soon as someone, this is pastoral advice for you, okay? If somebody's talking about how tired they are with a newborn, don't relate with them with your dog. Just don't, just don't do it. Don't do it. As soon as they did that, I'm like, I'm like checked out. Traffic here is not bad. There's, there's very few times that you're going to see traffic. They're in a Clemson home game you'll see some traffic. I'm sure it was worse back in the day when they were winning football games. Um, <laughs> it's good to be home. <laughs> there's going to be traffic. Sometimes there's like this one light that I always try to avoid. It's Wells Highway and 123. You know what I'm talking about? That light takes a little bit too long. So I'm going to try to shoot around that one. You've got some of the school zones or the school lines, that'll be a little bit of traffic. And then Walmart during the Christmas time, I will say that parking lot is crazy during the Christmas time. But other than that, we don't see a lot of traffic. A few years ago, it was 2019, the start of 2019, Katie and I were kind of looking at goals for the year. And our daughter Haley was four months old and she had just hit the phase where she was finally sleeping through the night. And so we were like, yes, this is awesome. We made it. However, earlier that year, uh, we had bought our first home and we, we found what we felt like was our dream home, but it was a little bit further out of town. We could afford it. And so we kind of jumped in on this house and then we had Haley. And what had started to happen as we were approaching this January is like, I would sit in traffic sometimes for an hour on the way to work and an hour on the way back from work on a drive that really without traffic should only take about 15 minutes. But two hours of my day are spent just like sitting, 
moving, sitting, parking, moving, sitting, moving. And when it really started to hit me was during that January, as Haley started to sleep through the night, it gets dark a little bit earlier in Nashville than it does here. And so Haley would go to bed at like 6 or 6.30 at night. And so I would be leaving the house not long after she woke up in the morning. And then I would be trying my best to rush home through traffic to be able to see her for just a short few minutes while I helped tuck her in or put her to bed. And it was just, it was getting to me at this point. It was like so frustrating. I'm like, man, I am missing this. Something that every single parent gave us advice on is like, don't miss this phase that you're in. It goes so fast. We'd hear that all the time. It goes so fast. Don't, don't miss this phase. And I was just like, man, I feel like I'm, I'm missing this phase because I'm sitting in, in traffic all of the time. And so that created an opportunity for Katie and I to start thinking differently. First off, when I was at home, I did everything I could to be as present as I could to soak in those moments with Haley, whether I was putting her to bed or I would like kind of wait giddy. I'd get up before her in the morning. So I made sure when she wakes up, I'm gonna get some time to hang out and, and see her first smiles and the first time that she's laughing. Like I didn't wanna miss any of the moments, but it also caused us to think, man, this is a nice dream home, but we would be willing to live in a far different environment if it meant less traffic. And so we started dreaming about how we could find it, or approach our finances differently so we could move closer to town, which we ended up doing. There is something about when we come across limitations in time and we, we come face to face with the limitations that time gives to us, we tend to make the most of whatever opportunity might be in front of us or make the most of the limited time that we have. I read something in the book of Luke last month and, and when I read this, I gotta, I gotta just be honest, like there's been something the last few years that's just kind of been burning in me for, for the church, for Christ's followers, burning in me, just that, that, that Christ's church would, would become passionate about this idea. And when I read this, I was like, that, that is like literally what I've been feeling so the disciples, they were obsessed with asking Jesus information. And one of the things that they really loved to ask him about was not just time on their, their, like in their life and when the end of their time is, but they were obsessed with knowing like, when is the end times as they would call them? Like, when is the end of the world gonna take place and, and God, you are going to establish your kingdom once and for all? When's gonna be the end of this trouble that we're seeing? There's a time that they were asking Jesus about this. This is in Luke 21, verses 10 through 13. This is what Jesus says. He says, then he added, he starts telling them about some of the signs that they might see at the end times, okay? He says, nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and there will be famines and plagues in many lands. There will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, there'll be a great time of persecution. You'll be dragged into synagogues and prisons and you'll stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. He was preparing the disciples for much of their fate after he would leave. And he says in verse 13, if you've got your physical Bible, you might even underline this. He says, but this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. I've had so many times where Someone in my life is like 
trying to predict when the end of the world is going to be. And as things in our world start to go haywire, they're like, look, this is, this is exactly what, you know, Jesus was talking about. These are some of the, he referred to them as labor pains. These are some of the labor pains that were approaching the end of, of time. And, and so like people, we, we just are kind of obsessed with this idea, but I want to, I want to talk about something. Jesus gave his disciples this warning 2,000 years ago. And he knows when the end times are gonna be. And so he knows in this conversation with his disciples that they are not going to still be right there on earth on their mission in their generation while the end times are there. Yet there was some sense of urgency that he wanted to give them about the opportunities they would have to tell others about him. And later Paul when he started following Jesus, said this in Ephesians 5, 16, he encouraged those following Jesus. He said, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Listen, I don't know if what we're seeing out in our world would be the end times. I do know that we're closer to the end than we were when Jesus gave these words. But I don't know if what we're seeing is exactly the end times. But here's what I do know. When I read the New Testament, I see that the church had urgency within the time that was allotted to them. And Jesus gave this sense of urgency to the disciples and the apostles to make sure that they would take advantage of the opportunity of what's going on in the world to tell others about him. While I do not know if we are at the end times, what I do know is that this is yours and my only time and only opportunity in our generation to tell others about Jesus. And so for every generation after Jesus, the urgency has been your lifespan is your opportunity. And every generation has seen some of this list of what Jesus really was preparing the disciples for. When we read this list in Luke, we can say, hey, I don't know if all of that is, is exactly the end times right now, but I know what a world with war looks like. I know what a world with plagues or pandemics feels like. I know what a world looks like where kingdoms are battling against kingdoms. And I know what a world with natural disasters, like we can put ourselves in here and say, I know exactly what that looks like. And what's been burning within me in, in, is watching the church Look at what's going on in our world. And there's almost a sense of panic, like we gotta fix, we gotta fix what's going on. I wanna just kind of read this part of Luke again. It says, you know, you'll be dragged into synagogues, prisons, you'll stand trials. He gives this whole list. What Jesus didn't say, but this will be your opportunity to panic about who's in the White House. This will be your opportunity to worry about your financial status five years from now. This will be your opportunity to jump in and fix everything. No. He said, when the evil days are there, this is gonna be your opportunity to tell them about me. Something that's been burning within me as I watch what's going on in our world and something that I'm praying would burn within us as a church is rather than look at things that are falling, systems that are falling, things that are breaking, rather than look at that 
with a sense of panic or we've got to fix it. I'm kind of looking at it saying, praise God, you're exposing that that's not going to work. God, praise you that you're exposing that the White House isn't going to save anyone from their sins. God, praise you that you're exposing that money is not going to get anybody into eternity. God, praise you that you are exposing that there is no kingdom, no kingdom that is greater than you. And there is only one true king, and that is Jesus Christ. So Jesus, praise you. Praise you. So my prayer has been, God, as things are breaking out there, would you use us, would you use Foothills to make the most of this opportunity while it gets darker out there? Listen, church, while it gets darker out there, as we follow Jesus and live out his mission, you shine even brighter. As it gets darker out there, you shine even brighter because of the Holy Spirit that is in you, that Jesus gave to show his light to the world. And I wanna celebrate some of how God has used his light in you in 2022. See, last year, you, you continued to say, Lord, I wanna make the most of this opportunity. I wanna be a church that helps people find and follow Jesus. And church, last year, we saw 198 people give their lives to Jesus. Come on. Awesome. Awesome. And we saw another 119 people go public in their faith through baptism. Come on. God is using you. He's using you to be a light. You are taking advantage of this opportunity. And we don't say that to brag on foothills. We say that to thank God that he chose to use us in the middle of these evil days in our generation, right? However, that was 2022. Today... It's the start of 2023, and I don't know about you, but I'm not done. <laughs> I am not done. We have another year. We have another opportunity, and listen, there's some urgency. <laughs> there's some urgency, not because these are the end times, but because we don't know how much time we've got left, and we don't know how much time those that are out there that don't know Jesus, we don't know how much time they have left. We don't know when the last opportunity we're gonna have to be that light to show them Jesus. And so we're gonna continue into 2023 and I wanna share just some of what we've been learning as a church for what is kind of driving our vision for this next year. And as I share this, these may be good principles for you to take into your own life as you're looking at personal goals or personal things for how can I make the most of my personal opportunities to follow Jesus in 2023. Number one, number one, pay attention to the problem. Pay attention to the problem. Let me tell you what I mean real quick. Jesus gave some examples of, of some evil that might go on. He was, you know, like giving them a picture, okay? He was giving them a picture, but he wasn't encouraging them to panic. What we don't need to do is panic because of problems that are going on. We don't need to worry because problems are going on. But the other thing that we don't need to do, what the enemy would love you to do if you, if, if you were able to overcome fear and not step into panic or worry, the enemy would love to move you over to this other camp where you choose to be passive about the problems that are going on. Where you choose to be apathetic about the problems that are going on. 
Jesus didn't say to be passive or to turn away from the problems of the world. He encouraged, like, here, here the problem, it is inviting you into your purpose. The problem is inviting you into your purpose. To, to tell others about me is what Jesus said. So there may be some problems that are arising in your life. There may be some problems that you may need to start paying attention to. Maybe it's a health problem that's going on. Maybe it's a financial problem that's going on. Maybe it's a relational problem that is going on. Maybe it's a spiritual problem that is going on. You don't need to panic that there's a problem, but you also don't need to be passive. You need to step into that, pay attention, because Jesus may be trying to get your attention. He may be trying to get your attention for an opportunity for you to step into your purpose. So here's how we did this last year. We shared about four initiatives that are based on some, some problems that we see, really some opportunities that Jesus was showing us that we could step into as a church. And last February, Pastor Greg and I shared these four initiatives. We're gonna put them on the screen. We shared that God was giving us an opportunity to step into our digital outreach mission. That essentially our world right now is trending more and more digital. It really sped up during the pandemic and during COVID. And so we are not going to kind of passively ignore that and wait and hope that people will just show up to church where people are going for information, for content, for connection, for relationship. It's, it's in a digital space. And so as a church, we don't know exactly what that looks like. We know that there's a lot of danger and evil in the digital world. Mind you, we know, like, it's crazy. But we also know that there's opportunity there to get the truth of Jesus out, to get the light of Jesus into what really can be a dark place. The digital world can be a dark place. And so we've been exploring, like, how do we, how do we step into this and do more in the digital space. The other is in our, our local outreach or our missions. This is what we do outside of the walls. This is what we have our outreach director. This is what we do uh, with Love Where You Live. Our outreach and missions is when we take out and we go, we, we join in with local partners to meet needs for food and meet needs for homelessness and, and meet needs for people that are in addiction or in battered situations. And, and we look for a way to bring good out there into the world. And in Acts, Jesus encouraged his apostles. He encouraged them like, don't don't just stop right here in Jerusalem. He encouraged them to look into their region in Judea and then the surrounding regions in Samaria. And then he said, go to the ends of the earth. And so we believe that Jesus needs to be shown everywhere. And so with our local outreach and missions, we've been expanding the amount of opportunities we have right here in the upstate, but we've also been continuing our partnership in Kentucky. We had four trips to Kentucky this year, pouring into our partnership there. And I'm excited in a few moments, I'm gonna tell you about a new partnership we have globally to go to the ends of the earth and, and, and be helping people find and follow Jesus in a global mission scale. I can't wait to tell you about that in a moment. The other is with Foothills Espanol. Foothills Espanol, something that we are seeing in the upstate is we're seeing a continued growth of people moving to this area whose first language is Spanish or only language is Spanish. And I don't want you to hear my point wrong. That's not a problem that they're moving here. The problem is there's not a lot of churches that are Christ-centered that are for Spanish-speaking people. And so we see that as an opportunity 
The Lord called foothills to help people find and follow Jesus. And that's not some people, that's all people. And so we see this as an opportunity. And so a year ago, we said, we're gonna, we're gonna launch Foothills Espanol and we don't even know what that means yet. We don't even know how we'll fully reach this community, but we just started praying. We started offering translations for our services, and then God led us to a pastor who is here to launch Foothills Espanol, and we're gonna tell you a little bit more about that. And then the other is Foothills Pendleton. Where's the Foothills Pendleton people in the house? So good. Listen, in our country, in America, statistically, there are less Christians right now than at any point in our history as a country. There are less people actively engaged in church at this point in our history than at any other point in our history. The church, as we know it, is, is really losing ground and losing influence. That's a problem. That's a problem. The next generation needs to know Jesus. And our job is to go tell them about Jesus. We have an opportunity to be a light in our communities. And so we're looking around and praying about how we can continue to help people find and follow Jesus even outside of this county. And in our research, one of the things that we've found is the, the fastest growing church in America is the multi-site church. There's something about a church linking together with their resources and going into another community and taking that kind of same culture and vision and, and sending people on mission to launch that church. And so we just began praying. God led us to Pastor Joseph, who will be up here in a moment to tell us a little bit more about that. And then we kind of found that Pendleton was where we were gonna go. And so we're so excited. That actually launches next Sunday. So fun. So fun. So we paid attention to the problem, but number two, dream big about the solution. Hear me on that. Dream big about the solution. Something that, I've, I might have said this before here, but something that's true about us is when we're trying to come up with our goals, this is one of the reasons we're so bad at New Year's resolutions, is we always tend to overestimate short-term success. Like we think, okay, I'm gonna change my eating habits or I'm gonna start working out or I'm gonna read the Bible this year or I'm gonna you know, save this amount of money this year and we set these goals and then when week one goes by and we feel like we've made no progress or we haven't seen the results we want, we just kind of get discouraged and, and we tend to give up. We always tend to overestimate short term what can happen. But the flip side of that is we also underestimate long term what God is capable of doing. We underestimate what God may be doing in the long term. We underestimate what us choosing to follow him and stay disciplined in following him in the short term will pay off, how it will play out in the long term. And there was this moment in, in Genesis where Abram, who would become Abraham, he'd been given a promise from God that he would have a child. He was childless at, at this point. He and his wife were childless. And, and he was hoping, like, that was something that he had a hope for, that God had given this promise. You're gonna be the father of many nations. Like, there's gonna be a legacy that I send through you. You're gonna be a set-apart people, my chosen people. And so Abraham was longing for this, but he was still having no child after waiting and waiting and waiting. And so he started to look around and come up with his own solution because he could only come up with, with what he felt like was gonna work because he just felt like God wasn't delivering in the time he thought God could. Let's go to Genesis chapter 15. This is a really cool moment. Abram replied, oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eleazar of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. 
You've given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. The Lord like reminded him, no, that's not how this is going to work. I still have a promise that I'm going to fulfill, but this is a really cool moment. Then the Lord took Abram outside and he said to him, I want you to look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. Count the stars if you can. He's looking up and, I mean, the stars are everywhere. Count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you have. Abram, you can't even count the blessings that I'm capable of bringing. You can't even compute my plan and what I am capable of doing. As you're seeing problems that are calling you into purpose or opportunity in your life, don't limit God to what you think is a solution. Dream big and invite God into that. Pray and invite God. God, show me your vision for what you want to accomplish. God is capable of so much more than we really think or imagine. This kind of happened a few weeks ago for, for some of us here at the church. We, we had a night of worship for Foothills Espanol. And so it was a Spanish night of worship. And we didn't do a long ramp up or a lot of marketing, a lot more than anything. This was really kind of a night of preparation and prayer for what's to come. But we ended up having 50 people show up at, at this event. And sometimes you might walk away and be like, oh, 50, I mean, that's, you know, some, some people, but I know there's a lot more people out there. But for those that were there that night, I really believe if you talk to anybody who was there that night, they would describe it the way that Abram describes this scene of God kind of inviting into a vision that's bigger. There was something about that night that was so much bigger than what was present. It was so like God was giving vision and a picture of what's to come, of what could be. And it's like, this is so much bigger than I even realized or imagined. This is so much cooler. God, your kingdom is amazing. There's something about hearing people worship in another language that you don't understand, that God totally understands. And then you think about all of the languages that God is able to speak into. It, is, it just showed the size of our God and what he's capable of. And he invited us into this moment, this vision that God, God, we don't want to limit what you can do with Foothills Espanol based on what we don't understand. We want to trust that, God, you've invited us into this. So, Lord, do your thing. Do your thing. Dream big about the solution. Lastly, number three, get started on the mission. Get started on the mission. Make the most of this opportunity to tell them about me. Ephesians 5, 16, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. You gotta get started. Have you ever heard how you eat an elephant? You heard this? One bite at a time. <laughs> it's how you eat an elephant is one bite at a time. I wanna show you a picture that I saw recently. It talked about what failure is and failure isn't. They're gonna throw it up on the screen now. This isn't failure, missing the target. This is failure, not taking any shot inactivity, not moving forward. Listen, I know as a church, we're jumping into four things right now that are, that are big, things that we don't fully understand all the way. And we could, we could kind of be inactive and wait and just see if God's gonna maybe do something or we could say, God, we're gonna move forward and we may fail, but we're gonna fail moving forward and trust that you're gonna take us in that direction. The same might be 
true for your life. Don't fail from inactivity. Fail moving forward on the mission that God's calling you into. And so personally, I, I, don't, I, don't, know what, I don't know what it is in your life. I know that right now is, is a time where you're reflecting a little bit more. You're looking back on this last year and you're looking ahead at 2023 and you're reflecting on where your life's at and where you hope that it might be. And I wanna invite you, like pay attention to the problems. Don't be passive about them. Don't ignore them right now. Pay attention to that right now and dream big with the Lord. Pray with God. Dream big about what the solution could be, but then start to make an active plan. If you've got spiritual goals, if you're wanting to grow more in Jesus, he's given us his word that we can read and grow in. I know that many of you this last year, one of the ways that you stepped in and started on the mission is you stepped into the the Bible recap, which was a daily reading. We went through the Bible in a year together. Many of you finished the Bible for the first time yesterday, which congratulations, that is incredible. It's incredible, yes. Um, But we're gonna do that again. We're gonna do that again. His word gets better every time you read it, I promise. I promise you, it gets better and better and better. So today we've actually got a booth on your way out at the front doors. You, you won't miss it, it's a Bible recap. We've got a team there that's gonna be leading the charge with that. We'd love to invite you. It starts today. It's about 10, 15 minutes of reading per day and you can go through the whole Bible this year. Again, it's eating the elephant one bite at a time. I don't know if there's financial goals that maybe you've, you've got, or you're wondering about, or praying about. Pay attention to the problems that are going on. Dream big about the solution, and then start making a plan to get actively started on that mission, maybe relationally. Katie and I, we were last night, we were praying together and kind of dreaming about this next year. And we were like, well, hey, you know, we'd, we'd like to pray more together as a couple this year. And so we just set a goal. Like, here's how many times a week and when we're gonna actively set aside time to just pray together as, as a couple. And then we set some other goals for how many date nights we wanna do so we can be active about spending more time together. It's, it's a lot more difficult when you've got kids and schedules and I t- totally get that. And so we're, we're setting some goals there relationally that we're just gonna get started on that process. I wanna invite you, I wanna invite you. Today is a great opportunity for you to, to go after these things. But there's also collectively as a church in 2023, uh, we're gonna get started on the mission of these four initiatives. We've got some really cool stuff that we're gonna share. So I'm actually gonna invite some friends. They're gonna start making their way up now and, and bringing some stools. Um, and they're gonna come talk to us about how uh, God is gonna send us on this journey. Because last year when we shared these four initiatives, all they were was initiatives on a whiteboard, essentially. Initiatives on a screen, ideas and dreams. We didn't really know exactly how or where God would send us or lead us or how he would help us to execute this. But now today we have leaders in each of these four initiatives that God has led us to and some pretty cool ways of how God brought those. So do you mind just warmly welcoming this crew to the stage? Awesome. So first we'll start, um, there may be some faces that you don't know uh, here on the stage today. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what you do at Foothills. Yeah, I'm Jordan Fuller. If you haven't met me before, I'm the creative pastor here. Awesome. And I'm Shanae Williams. I'm the outreach director. Yeah. I'm Brancas Moliers, Foothills Espanol pastor. Joseph Bennett, Foothills Pendleton campus pastor. Awesome. Greg Orham, co-lead pastor. Mr. Greg. 
That's great. Good. So, uh, Jordan, tell us about, you know, on the digital side, we've been really exploring, like, how to get outside of these walls into a digital world that's endless. There's so many platforms that we could go on. We've explored some stuff in 2022, but tell us a little bit about where God's leading us. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said earlier, the world is only getting more and more digital, and if we're going to continue to meet people where they're at, which is kind of what we do here at Foothills and help them find and follow Mm -hmm. Jesus, then we got to get into this digital space. Um, Since launching the initiative uh, last year, we've taken some steps. We kind of beefed up our online uh, services with show host. So the hosts are there to greet, to connect, to make the people feel more a part of the community. And the same thing with online moderators to answer any questions they might have during service and prayer warriors who are there to pray and just help them feel more connected online. Um, We've launched the Hills and Hollows podcast. If you guys haven't checked that out, foothills.cc slash hills and hollows is a plug there. Um, Kevin and I hosted the last season and that just kind of more like the stories of life change that are going on in our church and in our community and kind of around Oconee County. And then just most recently, we revamped our website and it's fully bilingual now. So es.foothills.cc, you have a fully Spanish Foothills site that kind of helps support the initiative of Foothills Espanol. But that's just 2022. In 2023, we kind of want to focus on that social space. So we want to get into the short form content. We want to get into uh, kind of highlighting and curating the stories of foothills and in the community just in that short form. Because we know people's attention spans in the digital space are only getting shorter and shorter. But we're going to do that. And then we want to build community. Like in the concourse, we have, we have people who are connected, we have a voice, we feel a part, and we want to create that same experience on the digital space. So we're going to move in that direction too. But I'll close with this. Each of the social platforms, each generation kind of has their own place that they reside, right? Mm-hmm. Like our older generation is on Facebook, my generation is like Instagram, TikTok. Um, the younger generation grew up on YouTube, so yeah. we're not going to be afraid to go new places. We're not going to be afraid to try new things and not to be afraid to just change the way the digital church looks like going in 2023 because we just want to help people find and follow Jesus and meet them in that digital space. That's good. Pastor Greg, you tell us too, like historically stories have made such an impact, right? Yeah, I think every yeah. the, the beauty of a story is yeah. that we all kind of relate to that. It may not be that exact story, but right. sooner or later through stories, when we hear somebody telling their story about what Jesus had done in their life and maybe what they had gone through to get there, I think there's that sense of, man, you know, I can relate to that. And, and if that happened to them, maybe that can happen to me. So the power of stories is amazing. So as you guys, yeah. you know, as God is doing things in your life, let us know because um, some of those things could be so beneficial for sure. the greater public to hear and uh, God can be glorified through them. So, so as God is leading you through things, you know, make it known. Let us know. We'd love to know. That's right. And a lot of it, too, on the digital space, we're learning. <laughs> we're learning as we go. That's a lot of fail forward, right? And, uh, and so, but, but the opportunity is there to reach people for Jesus who are excited. So then physically on the outreach side, like getting outside of the walls, I know we've increased more opportunities for us to serve with local partnerships in the upstate, uh, Shanae. And we've also, we, we went to Kentucky four times this year, but Tell us a little bit about what God's been stirring for us on the global side, because I know you've been working on this. Yeah, so um, like you said, locally, we we have a presence here and Mm -hmm. then regionally as well. But God has called us internationally 
and we have been so grateful to partner now with 410 Bridge. Um, it's a global partnership that they, they have um, sites, communities that they service in Uganda, Kenya, Guatemala, and Haiti. And their mission, the reason we chose them as our first group to partner with is because their mission is so much like our own. Our mission is to help people find and follow Christ. It's two phases. It's just not helping them find Jesus and then leaving them where they are, but actually helping them develop themselves, figure out who they are, why God has called them, the skills and the talents that they have that he has placed within them to better their lives. And 410 Bridge does just that. They go out into the world and they work with community leaders and they figure out what are the assets that are in that community? What do they have? that they're able to bring themselves out of poverty mm -hmm. um, so that they have lasting change, that, that there's no dependency. And they do that over an eight-year period, just like us. We have our connect groups. Um, we, we establish relationships. So their model really is to have lasting relationships, um, but also to empower local people there and also um, to allow them to step outside of just being dependent on their partners. It's a rigorous um, eight years for them. They develop what they think that they need. So we're not going in as a partner and saying, we think you need this and we think you need that. They know better what they need in their community. And we come in really and say, well, what do you have in your hand? And how can we be a blessing to help you develop that so that then you can help others find and follow Christ? And so that works so well with us. Um, we've chosen Guatemala. Yeah. And, and God is just, I think, so intentional. The city, the community that we're going to work with is called Las Lomas, um, which means the hills. So our Foothills team, our Foothills Church, is going to help the residents in the hills to be everything that God has called them to be. And I think it's just something that we do so well here that we'll have no problem helping our lost brothers and sisters find their power and find find their purpose and then help them to help others. And I mean, Jesus started with 12 disciples, right? And they changed the world. And if all of us in this room step out and be what God has called us to be individually, we can change not just Seneca, not just Westminster, yeah. not just Wahala, but the upper state and then further into the kingdom. And God can just really do something great within us. It's exciting. So people, will we find out a little more information about how you get involved in trips? And also, we're going to get involved in helping the children in that community. Kind of, This is an ongoing partnership. So this isn't kind of a one-time we go this year. This is something that over the course of a few years, we really come alongside that community and we'll, we'll get to hear of what God's continuing to do. So it's really, really awesome. So before we hear from, from you, Pastor Ramphis, uh, Pastor Greg, can you kind of take us back maybe a little bit before uh, 2020 and COVID? Because there were some conversations about... Uh, how to continue Foothills into kind of reaching the Hispanic community. What was some of the activity that was going on before the pandemic hit? Okay, so if I back up, some of you know, many of you probably already know the story, So, which is really exciting to be up here yeah. and seeing kind of the fruition of what this vision God has given us. When we were able to pay off all of our debt and pay our building off uh, at the beginning, I guess the end of 2020, beginning yeah. of 21, and we knew that we were gonna have resources yeah. that we were putting into a mortgage that we no longer had, and we wanted to be good stewards of what God was doing and your generosity and all of those things. Yeah. And so we said, let's put that into building God's kingdom across the world. And so one of those things we looked at, again, was not only here, but 
we're hearing internationally and places like that. And so um, we came up with these initiatives that we believe God was leading us to. What we didn't want to do, because during this period of time, we knew we were going to come at some point be debt-free, and everybody kept saying, so what are we going to do when we have all this extra money? And like, I didn't have an answer. That was the worst part. I was like, I don't know. Uh, God's got to show us something. And I'm praying, God, show us, because everybody wants to know what's going to happen. And I knew it was going to be back into kingdom work. It was all about that. It wasn't going to be about us. It was going to be reaching more people. And so God started showing us. And one of the first things he showed us was this Espanol, because we, we noticed that from a demographic standpoint, the, the fastest growing segment of our community here mm -hmm. in Oconee was the Hispanic population. Right. And our heart was to reach people for Jesus. And so... Um, but we didn't really know how to do that. We, we began to gather a group of people right before the pandemic. I mean, literally a week before the pandemic, we had a group meeting and getting ready to have this big, you know, kind of this, uh, you know, session to start it. And then the pandemic hit, we had to slow things down. And it was like, okay, what's God trying to teach us through that? In the meantime, he's, he's kind of showing us that in order for this to really work, we need a leader. Hmm. I mean, totally. If it was dependent on my Spanish, it was like, hola. I mean, that was about it. Okay, it wasn't going to go. So it, that was not going to kick off. So we needed somebody who actually understood the culture, yeah. spoke the language, was part of that. And, you know, through that process, God led us to Pastor Ramfus. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been great. And so we're excited yeah. about what's going to happen with that. Yeah. So, Pastor Ramfus, tell us, like, quick, short form, how you got here. And then we want to know all of what God's kind of leading or guiding us towards in 2023. Amen. Um, uh, I, I, every time I hear that story, <laughs> for me, it really moves me because I, I mentioned in the podcast, if that would have happened at that time, because of my ministerial responsibilities, I would have had to say no. We have, I, I wouldn't even be considered for the position. So the fact that God took a pandemic, brought a pandemic over the world to just bring me here, <laughs> it's amazing. Amazing. Sorry, but it's... No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but yeah, I've been working for the Spanish community for the last 30 years all over the nation, traveling with my wife 48 weekends minimum uh, a year. And, and so I understand the culture. I was born in Puerto Rico, raised in, in Chicago within the Spanish community. My first Bible was in Spanish. I, I started preaching in English like 10 years ago only. So, so it's part of who I am, part of... My community, I'm very involved in it. I, I understand what it is. And when you mention numbers, we know what statistics say, but we also know that usually reality means three times those numbers. Mm. So the numbers that we're looking at, the, the growth in this region, it's, it's definitely amazing. That's wild. Mm. Yeah, you're talking about Hispanics moving to this yes. area. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That's awesome. So mm -hmm. let's look at 2023. Right now, what we do is we offer a translation in Spanish at our second service at 11 a.m., um, on, on Sundays, and then we have a group that meets. Uh, so tell us like where, what we're gearing towards in 2023. Definitely. One of my challenges has been figuring out what, what, what the core group is and what it is yeah. and how, how we're going to take it into uh, building that uh, into a Spanish service that takes place every week. And one of the things that I've, I've spoken multiple times and I, I, the pastors understand is my community has been always told that we're not welcome. Hmm. We're not welcoming to the Anglo mega church. We're, we're, we're an addition to, but we're not part of. Hmm. And not only that, but we're, we're talking about the government, the immigration, the, the systems. Sure. We're not welcome. So therefore, most Hispanics are going to approach a church like ours uh, with certain level of fear. On top of that, the legality of it, the processes. So 
the one, the biggest challenge that we all have is can we send a message to the community saying not only this is a safe place, but we want you to be part of us. We want you to be one of us. And, mm -hmm. and we, worship night was actually kind of the beginning of that. Some of this, uh, the, 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 the things that we're doing, and by the way, worship night, if you, I love the way you described it, and, and I think we, all, we would all agree with it. Yeah. And, and there's another opportunity coming up. So if you, if you missed it, February 24th, awesome. write it down, Friday night yeah. at 7.30 p.m. So February 24th, there'll be a second worship night. And we're basically opening up our doors to tell the community, come on in, you're yeah. welcome. A great opportunity for that is coming this Friday. Um, yeah. When you grew up waiting for Santa, most of us in Latin America waited for the three kings. On, on January 6th, that's kind of like a Christmas event where we get gifts. And I'll tell you the whole story. We bring grass to, we put it on our bed, our bed so the camels would eat from it. But you don't need to know that much. <laughs> but uh, but uh, that's a Christmas event. And what we're going to be doing this year, it's at the venue, we're going to kind of convert that into a, into a Latin America kind of old school place. And we're gonna have food, music, games, gifts, and we're inviting the community to say, let's celebrate the Hispanic heritage of, of Three Kings Day as, as part of our, our church and Foothills Church kind of like, to get to people understand that it is, we want you to be part, come mm -hmm. and celebrate. So you're all welcome. If you know anything about tamales, they're there, but please don't come for the tamales, for the people. We're also going to have empanadas, buñuelos, uh, 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 pan dulce, everything. And uh, I'm sure it'll be a, uh, an amazing time to see the Hispanic community visiting Foothills. It's going to be so good. And, and, and I would invite you even now, like if you feel like, man, this is, this is awesome. I don't know how I can help with this. You can absolutely help with Foothills Espanol right now by praying. Like praying that God would continue to lead and guide. I know that our hope is that we, we have a full Spanish-speaking service that happens simultaneous to this one for our community this year. And so I know Pastor Ramph is working hard on, on leading in that direction, but continue to pray for, for God to reach the Hispanic community. And volunteer. And volunteer. In yeah, every event, have, have, have right. an opportunity to volunteer and, be, right. and help us out. That's right. And then uh, on the multi-site side, Pastor Joseph, we're like next week is Foothills Pendleton, but we've, we've already had a couple weeks and God's already worked in, in some cool ways. Like tell, catch us up on what happened in December at Pendleton. Yeah, guys. So during December was amazing. We had two different soft launch services on uh, Sunday, December 11th and Sunday, December 18th. And if you don't know what a soft launch is, that's basically a full service. We are at Pendleton High School, so we're considered a, a portable church, and what that means is we set up every Sunday everything. We set up a children's area, we set up the stage, we set up a LED wall, all of these things, the band, all of that stuff, set it up, tear it down, and we had our volunteers there. They trained all day on December the 10th from 8 to 5, uh, learning how to set all of this up. All of it has to pack into two trailers and we just had an amazing past two Sundays. I think we had close to 100 people in both services. And this was not even promoted to the community. There were guests, We had right? uh, guests there. They brought their kids. And they, some of them even came back. So I don't think we messed up. <laughs> so it was awesome. It's amazing what God's doing. It is awesome. And so next week is, I mean, it's the big launch. Yeah, next week is yeah. the day. We've got... Uh, People, today, if you come see me, I have invite cards to say launching January the 8th specific mm. for this week. So, like, tell everybody. We're telling people, you know, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your 
neighbors, even invite your mother-in-law. She's <laughs> welcome. Everybody, yeah. we want them all there. It's, it's going to be, be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And listen, like all, all what you're seeing here, like these aren't just about coming up with great ideas that, that feel awesome or, or just help us grow. It's, it's looking at, there's a need out there. There's a need. This world really is getting darker and it needs the light of Jesus. And God called us to be the missionaries for him. Like we're the ones that are called with the good news of Jesus to go and tell the world. And we've got opportunity right here. And so all of these initiatives are us saying, God, like use us to help more people find and follow your son, Jesus, the best news that there is. And so like, I wanna invite us right now, next week is a huge historic day as we launch this campus in Pendleton. And we're praying about not just the new families uh, that come that are church, but we're especially praying for those that don't know Jesus, that are going to be walking into Pendleton High School, having the opportunity to hear about Jesus and a community that's going to come around them and love them and support them. And so I want to invite, if you would, just kind of to, to join in on a prayer. Would you extend a hand where you are? We're going to come and surround Pastor Joseph. I'm going to ask Pastor Greg to pray. Yeah, if you, and if you're going to be, Rebecca, come, yeah. come yeah, yeah, up yeah. here with mm -hmm. uh, Joseph. And yeah. if you are... Part of the launch yeah. team uh, of Pendleton, I'd love for you to stand up right where you're at. Okay, just stand up. Awesome. I know there's a bunch of you in here. Yeah. Okay, yeah, give it yeah. up for them. And here's what, uh, here's what I'd love for us yeah. to do. Yeah. Uh, like, like Kevin said, if you just kind of put your hand out, if you yeah. hear somebody, just kind of yep. maybe lay a hand on them. And we're going to pray over what God is going to do at our... Our new campus beginning next week and moving forward. So let's pray together. Father, thank you so much to see, see dreams come to reality. God, we know that you have a plan. We're not asking you to bless our plan, God. We want to do what you're blessing. We want to get involved in where you're already at work. And so, God, we see you at work there. And we know there are a lot of people in that community over toward Pendleton, Clemson, Anderson that would love to be part of something like Foothills, but it's too far to come here. But they could drive to Pendleton High School. So God, as, uh, as next week is a, it's a historic day because it's, it's the beginning of something new. It's, it's, it's the launch of a new campus. It's the beginning of what could be new life for so many people. So, God, I pray for Joseph, Rebecca, all of the crew there that is going to be, they're going to be helping, and all the people that maybe that are, they don't even know they're going to be part of Foothills Pendleton at this point of their lives, but maybe they're, they're questioning things, they're, they're wondering think, uh, questions about life in general, and they're looking for hope. And I'm praying, God, that somehow through maybe an invite or maybe some, maybe a billboard, maybe a sign, Maybe they're just driving by Pendleton High School, whatever it is, God, but they would show up. They would hear the gospel message of how you love us so much that you sent Jesus for us. And they would be impacted so much that they would lay down their lives and follow you. And so, God, we know that you have a plan to save people, God, and it's through Jesus, but you use people and you use People like Joseph and Rebecca and God, they've got, a, they've got a big mission ahead of them. And there's a lot of work setting up and tearing down. I remember those days well. So God, I pray that you'd send more people to come alongside of them.
to make the burden light. God, remind them in those moments when it gets to be a challenge and a chore to go up and set, set up every week and tear down every week. Remind them of why they're doing it. So, God, we just pray ahead of time for the thousands that will be saved there. We pray for families that will be put back together. We pray for people whose lives are going to be radically changed by the message of Jesus. So, God, now, right now, right here in Seneca, God, we are praying for what you're going to do just down the road. God, we give you the glory. You're deserving of all of it, God. It's not about us and not about our great ideas. It's about you running to reach people. And every one of these initiatives is about that, God. So, Lord, have your way and be glorified. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, um, right, right now as we get ready to leave, this, this crew, we're going we're gonna to head out and be at the Connection Center, which when, when you head out, it's going to be on your left side, right before that guest room. And this team will all be out there. They, you guys can go ahead and head that way. Uh, to, to be there. They'll be out there where if you've got more interest in learning about any one of these initiatives or opportunities to get involved, we'd love to meet you. Or if you just want to give them a high five, encourage them, say a prayer uh, with them, they'll be out there. But what I will say is some of you may be here today and it really might be like as Pastor Blaine uh, said earlier, New Year's resolution to show back up at church uh, maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've been curious about it. Maybe you've heard the story, but you've never really taken that plunge or that step. Just before we leave, I, 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 wanna, I, I just want to share with you that our heart, even for gathering today, is that, that no one here that doesn't know Jesus would leave without an opportunity to give your life to him. You see, I was reading Bible recap this morning. It started off in the story of Genesis where there was a problem created in our relationship with God because of our sin. And from that time, God paid attention to that problem. He dreamed big about a solution. And I imagine that he sat with heaven and said, this is gonna be awesome. I'm gonna show them a love they've never understood or known. And, and he had a plan from that moment to send his son, Jesus. He dreamed real big about a solution, sending his son, Jesus, and he got started on the mission since, since the beginning of creation to pursue your heart. And so if you're here today and you've not given your life to Jesus to receive forgiveness for your sins and be united with God now and for eternity, I wanna give you that opportunity. You pray a prayer like this with me as we pray. God, I recognize that I am a sinner. And there's no better way for me to start this year than to ask you to save me from my sins. So Jesus, I believe that you are the savior. I believe that you died for me and I believe that God raised you from the dead. And starting right now, today, January 1st, 2023, I'm choosing to follow you from this day forward into eternity. So in your name we pray, amen.